Hello, everyone. This will all be from the top of my head this time. There are some more things I need to say about sex for myself. I'm a person because I am a primarily a sexual visual learner. Um, that means that vagueness, sexually speaking, is unhelpful to me. So, sexual suggestions have to be fully specified, not just ambiguously stated. Uh, Sexual hints, sexual clues, and sexual commands also have to be fully specified and not ambiguously stated. What I mean is that number of times is important to me. Number of times in acts and positions are also important to me. For example, you will see sex scenes and moves in television where you're told what to do, but not how to do it, how many times to do it, how many positions we do these acts and act in, and how many positions we do this act and and, or acts in as well. So sexual vagueness causes me sexual confusion. And I'm also a person that doesn't try to do the mainstream porn speech that most mainstream porn production companies will showcase. They try too hard with saying the most off-the-wall sexual remarks that are incoherent and unintelligible. It's gibberish and... Even subtitles, in terms of reading it, if they had it, it still would be without sense. So, I think flirty talk or dirty talk, however people want to call it, should be effortless. It should be natural. It shouldn't be feigned or sickly constructed, nor disturbingly 
expressed. Um, and then I thought about when it comes to my own life. How many times people, from what I was seeing in some mainstream porn production, like I said, this is before ethical, this is why I knew ethical porn productions existed. What I saw was people. Having sex as if they'll never be able to have sex again. So the penetration is as if it was non-verbally stated. I have to penetrate as much as I can because I'm not going to have another day to do this. So every sex act, like I have to... perform cunnilingus as if I never get to perform cunnilingus again or I have to deep throat as if I never be able to deep throat again the whole sex was it wasn't just rushed you could tell that They were, their sexual proclivity was based upon a lack of sexual serenity. You can tell by the dirty talk, you could tell by how they would change in and out of positions and acts that they would just hold on to the person or penetrate or hold to the person and go down on the person and perform oral on the person. It wasn't a sense of, let me be a healthy, going above and beyond type of sensitive lover. It was, let me be an unhealthy, do the bare minimum, and most of the time not even do the bare minimum in terms of being a lover. So in a lot of mainstream porn, I saw uh, people, they would just hold each other too tightly, grab each other too tightly, squeeze each other too tightly. Um, Not even... conceptualizing that there could be burning skin sensations or skin contusions um, because a lot of times in that heteronormative world usually the man and woman even the penetration could literally tear the person because they were so busy putting all their strength in their penile thrusting that there was no sense of okay even if 
my penis, meaning them, um, is too gigantic for the woman's genital region. The way they would say it was was filthy. Let me take some out, but they wouldn't smoothly do it. They would just gently pull it back and put a little more in or force her to deal with all of their genitalia in terms of massive size. And some of the screaming, most of the screaming was not due to pleasure, due to pain. Sometimes the co-star knew it. Sometimes the co-star didn't know it. And sometimes when they knew it, just, well, at least you're screaming, so it makes it look like it's pleasure. Um, and then when he did know, because in that world, a lot of times women are not empowered to say what's really sexually ailing them. And there's some women who, very few women will scream out of pleasure because of the man's humongous girth. Um, And then what I saw in that world was the way that they would go in and out of positions. It was, to me, too staged. It wasn't... Okay, let's... Smoothing, smoothly and soothingly transition. And let's agree on how we do it. Um, some people just change. Some people give each other a look. They change. Or some people say it and change. Some people prefer, don't tell me to, just ask me and I'll change. Or ask me and then I'll say yes and then we change. Or if they ask, then they change. Some people suggest, then we change. Um, Some people want you to physically make them change while either asking the question or physically make them change while making the statement or physically make them change while commanding them or physically change while putting out a hint or a clue. And then they change. Or some people just go by hints, clues, and then change. And there's... Everyone's different on that. It depends on what the position is. So, I I have noticed that in a lot of mainstream porn videos that... They make climax 
misogynistic type of climax. Where the man will profanely yell at the woman using misogynistic language about why she didn't inform him about her female ejaculating. And I found that they tend to weight shame women when they um, size up a woman in terms of her body parts and they mention sometimes how the capacity of her body parts is overwhelming and excessive for them but they say it in the crudest of linguistics possible and that has always been horrendous to me and always will be horrendous to me and then when I think about like how they creepily mention what each other likes from a standpoint of I don't have anything original from my heart to say, so I'll just creepily say what you like and do what you like, but in a very uncontrolling you type of way where you could tell that the guy is using what she likes sexually so he can decide how I will... Um, be bare minimum about it now be less than bare minimum about it but I did it at least slightly more than twice so be happy or he'll do it too much to the point where he's being injurious to her and his um, genital um, penetration or handwork, should I say, when it's done too harshly, then they just go in this autopilot harmfulness where they're, they're just talking and doing it. But you could tell there is no sense of pause, reflect, and do. It's more of ram, like really ramming or slow poking, like oh, like it overly unbearingly slow in terms of the sex. And some people are amazed that I come up with this. It's because I've seen this for years and I know what I'm saying helps people sexually. So I'm turning these memories into... Uh, fruitful conversations and, you know, having people have um, fruitful sexual experiences. Um, these are things that a lot of people pay attention to and a lot of other people don't pay attention to. So it's good for me to say it because it makes people go, finally, somebody's speaking about the importance of sexual ethicalness. Absolutely. And, um, 
I just also thought of like more people want to know what what do I mean when I say my type. I'm an old soul. I'm attracted to old souls that are in my age bracket. Uh, 30 plus old souls, 40 plus old souls, 50 plus old souls, and 60 plus old souls. Um, an old soul to me is a wise, kind, no-nonsense individual. Simplistic in terms of decency. Simplistic decency. Um, and then when I, um, I just wanted to answer that question because I didn't get to answer that question in the previous episode. But when I think so deeply, even about the sex I've seen in, in, in a lot of mainstream pornography, even the footwork is too much of a haste where there's a couch part of mainstream porn. A lot of people seeing it where they'll do one. They'll do a backdoor vaginal position on one side of the room and there's sofas. Then the guy will just randomly get up either run or walk all the way to the other um, side of the room, another set of sofas, and the woman has to follow him around. And as she is about to assume the woman, the person on top position, his finger motion will be overly aggressive for her to, okay, hurry up and come sit and straddle me. And I've always found that to be uh, I've always found that to be disgusting to me because why 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 the grouchy sex why the grumpy sex why the stomach churning sex you know it's, it, it just made me want to gag and puke at the same time why not just gently walk her to where y'all are why does she have to desperately meet you. And a lot of times he'll just do it. You could tell it was unplanned. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you're going to go to another part of the home or where y'all having sex, gently arm and arm each other to where y'all will go. That way, y'all are side by side. There's sex has its own built-in equity and equality. It shouldn't be, well, I will just randomly just go to this part and you have to go along with my unplanned behavior all the time. No. And I've noticed sometimes... Even women will, a lot of women will do what the men do. 
Sometimes they will just grab the man's penis and they fast walk to one part of the room or grab the penis and fast walk him upstairs or fast walk him downstairs still with her his penis in her hand and there's nothing wrong with you know holding a person gonna tell you gotta go places and have sex and change but and there's nothing wrong with you know going to another part of the room or sitting downstairs to have sex you know arm in arm or just walking beside each other that's okay but it's the way they do it that makes me um I find it to be repellent because it's a way of saying that I own all of you. That your sexual personality is what I say it is. I dictate your erotic blueprint types. And that is just... It's just so distasteful to me. And then when I really got to I really got to learn how that world is even sometimes the woman grabbed the man's penis too tight so he looks excited but he's wincing because it hurts because her grip is too too firm and sometimes I've seen guys, men, literally holding the woman's genital, genital region. And she's wincing, even though she's trying to make it look like it's pleasurable. He's holding it too firmly as he's leading her upstairs, downstairs, into another part of the room. And that can cause genitalia complications. And that may require genitalia stitching and genitalia surgical procedures. So when I think about how For myself, in regards to to sex, some people have erection issues of their chest, pecs, breasts, and everywhere else on their body. A lot of times, in mainstream porn, um, people are made to feel that they are less than because of those sensitive scenarios, delicate scenarios. So then I um, noticed with also those erection issues um, relating to now the 
genitalia one. I also... I also came to the conclusion that and I'm being and I took a long pause because I'm thinking through my words choosing carefully I do that often in my episodes okay now I got the words got something to go say it so in terms of the uh, penile erections if you're unable to ejaculate on command and somehow they won't want to work with you and I've always you know a lot of mainstream porn comes always I, I question that because what a lot of companies don't take into consideration is just because that person may not be able to come on demand that doesn't mean they can't be sexually beyond satisfactorily stellar. Um, because every some people have sexual conditions they don't consider. Some people have medical conditions they don't consider. It doesn't mean they can't be sexually of sexual magnificence. So I've always said, well, I don't, why I'd have to come on demand when, don't you want me to just naturally come because I'm with an on-screen partner and our vibing chemistry and our energetic compatibility, I think that's better than, okay, just... Hold your penis and shoot it out. Ejaculate. I'm like, that doesn't necessarily prove that I am a hospitable sex partner. Because the sex shouldn't have too much acting. Like, there's some acting that's that's not bad. But when there's too much acting where now you're treating me as this this horse that has to you don't even see my penis a human penis you see it as a human you see it as a horse you call it a you know like a horse cock that's what they'll call it it's like I'm an animal now I am a I'm a a lot of porn companies try to turn people into undomesticated, untamed sexual animals. And I'm like, well, that's why I have really thought of, that's one of the reasons why I figured, well, I never hear much of them telling a woman to squirt on demand. And they won't hire you if you won't do, like, 
money shot on command or squirt on command. And I question, I go, why? What if... What if I have genetic predispositions to certain certain um, health circumstances? You know, what if... Some people can't come when you force them to, but they come because the body did it on its own with some proper heart, you know, proper work ethic because sex has its own work ethic, not from a torturous standpoint, but it does take some work, quality work to be a neighborly sex partner. And then I felt like just thinking about these kind of things, that's why um, I've also made a decision sexually to be very well with ethical porn companies I have nothing to worry about so I'll work with them I may pick a hand literally a handful of them um because I don't think most companies can handle my views on sex my views on how porn should go And just all of me in terms of what you hear on the podcast. (laughs) And so I have to be mindful of that. And um, then I think about how most mainstream punk companies wouldn't be able to receive my... my my states of mind um don't get me wrong I'm I'm sane I'm usually sober so well I'm a mild mannered well mannered person I'm just saying that um I feel like it'll be hard to find porn companies that can be sensitive to my trauma triggers um the post-traumatic stress, um, the general social anxiety, and my recovering from rape trauma syndrome, and my sensory overload, overstimulation concerns. It's hard to find porn companies that can totally respect those aspects of my of my life um I'm not saying there aren't any it feels like the chances are slim to none so I want to make it clear I've always wanted to do um you know diverse porn not just with ethical porn companies but mainstream porn companies too because I think that they overlook that even us neurodivergent people we're fans of porn too. 
So any mainstream porn company I would do, they would already be reputable. So if you hear me or see me working with them, you already know, oh, they're Ant- Antonio deals with um, decent characters. No, indecent characters. So that's something I want to make clear. And also it's hard to find companies that um, to tell myself and y'all the truth. The realest truth. It's hard to find companies that wouldn't be offended by my not being an excessive sexual Olympian. I'm more of a let me pace myself, let me eventually work to that point. It only happens when I'm that in sync. So mesmerizingly with another person. It's not a on cue thing because that causes me nervoso, or should I say being nervous. Um, the acrobatics and gymnastics in terms of me, me sexually speaking only happens when um, the synchronicity I have with another human being activates itself. Plus, I want to make sure that I breathe peacefully. And I noticed that some point companies would be trying to understand when it comes to Antonio, how come, like, let's say I'm watching my co-stars, right? I'm watching them have sex. They may say or do something that I may remember what's on their checklist. I may interrupt like, hey, this person doesn't like this in terms of this deed or you talking like that. And people look at me and I'm like, well, you know, yes, I remember everybody's yes, no's and maybes. That would be me. I would be the one that would be really watching. I'm like, no, this it has to go this way because this person made it clear what their sexual um, intercourse preferences are and are not. So most mainstream phone companies would not take that from me too well because I wouldn't be trying to dictate everything. But when it comes to the checklist, um, 
I would constantly be vocal. Be like, um, wait, cut. I would basically be, without even trying to be, I would try to, I would be like the director in place of the director, but it's not to upstage the director. It's more of, hey, I did my homework. I spent all day, all night reading everybody's checklist. I got to know everybody and got to talk to everybody. And this is what the checklist on or not. This is what I remember. I, I, I wrote it down. I, I have it on, on file in my hand in my hand right now. Hey, this is everybody's checklist. They told me about these things. That would be me. So it's hard to find a porn company that would be offended by that. I'm like, I just want to make sure that everything said and done sexually is to everyone's liking, not just my own. You know? And... It and lastly on that, it would be hard to find companies that would um, also understand my my really being studious of the specific sex scenes and I would be the one checking with everybody before it's scheduled to happen like any ideas you have about this how do you really feel um I know that you agreed to or you agreed to do this or I noticed when you agreed to do it I didn't see a fully enthusiastic agreement that would be me and I wouldn't be trying, I would never try to annoy uh, the porn crew at all. But at the same time, I would feel like, but if I'm not seeing a resounding, um, exuberant yes, I wouldn't want to do it until I see that resounding, exuberant yes. So I would say, hey, is there last minute ideas? Do you want to add to the scene or subtract to the scene? Does this fully fit you? Does this, do you think this fully fits me? We all get to know each other. And I would be the one just bringing up sexual learning styles. Like, okay, are you a sexual visual learner? Are you a sexual auditory learner? Are you a sexual kinesthetic learner? Like, how do you learn best? I would be bringing stuff to those companies that they would go, how can we work with this person? Antonio's just, he's super duper sexually meticulous. I am. I am. So it's hard to find a company that wouldn't be insulted by my sexual 3D thinking outside the box thinking. That's how I am. I'm a sexual 3D lover. They don't wear the 3D glasses, metaphorically speaking, but I do. So I feel, hear, and see things that they do not. So I'm not saying that there aren't plenty of companies that would go, oh my, oh my, I really, really love Antonio. He makes, he makes life better for all of us, not just himself. It would be, it would also, I really got to say this, it would even be harder to find companies that um, 
that wouldn't mind the fact that I am a person who is into check-ins are basically my dirty talk. I have it in me to do, you know, typical dirty talk, but I do it atypically, but it just happens. I can't make it happen. It happens on its own. When I'm in the throes of the beautiful fireworks and I'm with another person. But most, majority of my dirty talk is checking in because, again, I need full specification in terms of, okay, you're moaning, why you're moaning, for example. Or you're saying these things, um, you're saying these things, why are you saying these things? Like, I, I am a pay attention to detail type of sex partner. So I would need to fully understand what's happening all the time sexually. And to explain to me, okay, these noises means you're doing this right. Or you're, you're not doing it as right. Or you could be doing it wrong. Or if you make these sounds, then I interpret it the same ways. Or, you know, what's going through your head as I'm doing this? I would need to know. So it's... It would be hard to find a find corn companies who understand that about me, like, but I need to know before it's over that this person is a hundred percent satisfied. If they're not, I don't want to leave until they are. I'm that way off screen. I don't like the idea of well, I was ninety percent happy, like, oh come on. How can how can I ten how can I give you that extra ten percent? Because some people assume I suffer from what being a sexual perfectionist. I'm like, no, I wouldn't call it that. I'm just sexually caring. I'm sexually concerned. Um, because who would want to leave an encounter and no one's fully satisfied? And that's why I'm more of, hey, I want to redo this until you feel like you have no complaints. I feel like I have no complaints. And I wouldn't want us to complain other people. It's like, but we talked and, you know, I did my best by you. You did your best by me. Shouldn't that be the one of the biggest things that turn us on? Like, why would I feel like... It's not 100% knowing that this person is trying their best to sexually gratify me. And I'm trying my best to sexually gratify them. Shouldn't that basically be like the basis of, well, 100% satisfied because this person is going above and beyond to, be, to sexually sensitize me. And I'm going above and beyond to sexually sensitize them, him, me. So I've always felt that in my spirit. Um, that's something I care about. And I know that on these parts, it's just... The timing would make me go, I hope they're 100% happy. I don't want to hope. I want to know they're 100% happy. So that's how I think. I'm basically a person who, when it comes to sex, I need to fully understand everything that's happening uh, mentally emotionally, intellectually, physically, 
sexually, even romantically. Just don't just do stuff. Explain why. Um, I think about the fact that um, and I would be the one that would have the lawsuit conversations with all my co-stars because I need to know without prying into all their business about did they sign contracts without reading them I'll make sure like to tell them hey read it all and get lawyered up with the right lawyers before you sign anything because if there was more money could have been paid then that needs to be negotiated in your favor. Or was there something of legalese, as it's called, that you didn't understand? Don't sign anything without lowering up, because in the porn world, you got to. Because how much control they have, how much control you have, that needs to be properly dialogued. There's no stipulations in the contract where you're forced to behave sexually in ways that is unnatural to who you sexually are. So I would have the lawsuit conversations also to, which leads to the sexual harassment conversation like, hey, have you ever, you don't have to tell me, but have you ever um, been sexually harassed I need to know who are the decent people in this industry and who are the viper vultures in the industry so that would be talks I would have um I'll also have the hey if you get in any legal trouble not because you did something wrong but because it turns out that there was a conniving company that was trying to violate your human rights, your legal rights, your economic, social, cultural rights, your civil rights, your equal rights, then I will fight with you to honor you legally and non-legally, you know? They wouldn't have to fight by themselves. I would be that type of co-star where like, hey, we are that, um, that peaceful with each other. You shouldn't have to um, fight against exploitation and being taken advantage of all on your own. And then I have this other conversation, sexual trauma conversation. Hey, is there anything in your past or even now or back when, you know, we were a little younger? What sexually, um, what is a sexual kryptonite to you? know what is something sexually that gives you flashback panic attacks and what are ways that you know that you're sexually safe and physically protected and um what at what stimulates you 
erotically, essentially. So I have those conversations. Plus, I would, I think I would be the type of co-star that is really compassionate. Um, I would make sure that there's honest conversation amongst the performance about, okay, okay, which agency should we deal with and avoid? Which company should we deal with and avoid? What type of people should deal with and avoid? And, you know, many people ask me the obvious questions. What about your videos being plastered over the internet? You got these trolls, you got these hackers, haters, detractors, naysayers, bullies. You know, cyberbullying is real, person bullying is real, harassment in person and over the internet is real. And I would say to all those things, well, I am not ashamed, should I say I'm unashamed of my ethical porn being all over the internet. Because it's ethical. It's art. So I'm not insecure about the art that is virtual. It's virtual art. And I have an extremely thick skin. All the, all, all the horse shit I overcame, all the crock of shit all, that I overcame, all the dog shit I overcame, they are pipsqueaks compared to the organized crime and sexual slavery that I was fortunate to survive out of and thrive away from. I would say I was thriving was in that world, not because of illegality, but because of my character nobility. And I would say, I have the right people to help me out with that. I don't live my life in fear anymore. I will never do that again. And I would just say, I know how to diffuse them. I know how to be witty and clever from a peaceful standpoint, not from a Tupac and Biggie, let's get out of standpoint, no diss to the families. But I wouldn't feel the need to clap back, so to speak, because that's how they win. When you feel the need to clap back, that's how haters win. When you just, you know, turn what they're saying into jokes against them, but you're doing it from a... I'm kicking off and sh- I have a kick off my shoes and relax my feet attitude towards myself, towards people, and toward life. Then you can turn it into, you can turn them into the punchlines. You can turn them into uh, stand up comedy material by typing or even speaking out loud. So I decided to. Not not do it from a stand-up comedy clapback way, but from a stand-up comedy satirical kind of way. You know, pointing out the ridiculousness of life. So that's how I'll handle it. Plus, I got the right people who do that with me, so I'm fine on that. Plus, I have, virt- I have excellent virtual boundaries and personal boundaries. I'm 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 excellent to go on that. And then some people ask me, what about the children? And your family, other people's families finding out. This is what I would say. Ethical porn is majorly fixated on restricted to adults. If you see um, at the RTA label, it means 
It's the adults' job to keep the kids from seeing it. It's not my fault if the kids see it because it makes it clear this is an adult site, you're under 18, you shouldn't be viewing it. So porn performers shouldn't be blamed. Well, I can't speak for all porn performers. I'll just speak for myself. I'll just say that I can't be blamed for it because I, I, I would only work with companies that are sensitized to that. Like, hey, this is away from the children. It's like my podcast. My podcast is not for children. <laughs> Come on, letter E, explicit, gives it away. <laughs> so it's the adult's job to look up the information and go, okay, this is so not for kids. It's our responsibility to keep the kids from it. If a kid asks me, one, I would see if they have any parents because I don't feel like, I, I think it would be wrong to start a conversation. I don't know what the parental boundaries on sex regarding how they want to go about with their kids or not. I don't want to step in the, that type of mud. So I would say that parents, if they don't, I would try my best to get a trusted adult to help me out because it's like they don't have parents though. Damn. I would I would get help on how to talk about it because it's like I shouldn't be go you know experiencing this by myself. You know, I would get wise counsel to help me with this. Um, but if it, I would say to a person um, who's of age, look, this is what this is what I've done and do. This is what I why I've done what I've done and do what I do. I would say I I primarily. I primarily do porn for people with sexual problems, sexual issues, sexual conflicts, widows, widowers, you know, uh, people who are made to feel unattractive and who have been deemed unaccepted, rejected. So that's the biggest reason why I do what I do in porn. It has everything to do with I want to reach an audience of people that are sexually oppressed, who are the sexual least of these, who are sexually persecuted, um, who are sexually outcasted, who feel like they live in sexual caste systems, um, people who have been made to feel like they're sexually cursed or sexually unwelcome, sexually uninvited, sexual rejects. Those who are made to feel like they experience sexual marginalization, sexual disenfranchisement. So that's primarily who I do ethical porn for. I I tend not to do porn for people who it's easy to find them attractive because society says they are. I tend to do it for people who experience the social stigma of obesity, um, the social stigma of darkened complexion, those who have what is considered Afro-textured hair or, af- or African features, those who are made to feel like, oh man, I got big feet, or I got big lips, or, you know, 
my, I got a big belly, or I got a big head, or I got a big forehead, or I got these birth defects, or I got these deformities, or I was born with no legs, or no arms, or I was born without a leg, without an arm, and I'm in a wheelchair, or I have a CNI dog, or I walk in crutches, or I'm in a wheelchair, you know, I'm in, you know, I read Braille, I wear hearing aids, um, or okay, I'm, I'm bigger as a woman, I'm bigger than what society says I am, I don't have all the curves, I don't have all of this and the that, in terms of, you know, hips and breasts and behind the side. He says I have basically all the types of people that have been told that they're ugly. That's what I do the ethical porn for. I want my ethical porn is strictly and only for outcasts. I'm talking about cultural standard of beauty outcasts. And I do my porn for introverts. Introverts who made to feel bad for not being extroverts. That's what I also do my porn for. I do it for shy people who are made to feel like they're less than because they're not outgoing. I do it for the hermits, those who are recluse, you know. I do it for those who've been bullied because they need to know that, okay, like I, I don't fit the cultural standards of beauty in terms of how I look. Um, but I'm, I, I use porn as one of my extraordinarily... Um, kind-hearted way to tell people, hey, be your own standard of beauty and other people who know what it's like to to be labeled weirdos, your beauty makes them hot and their beauty makes you hot. Y'all are each other's standards of beauty and the culture will catch on. That's how I think. So... I do it for people who have lost their partners, but they were unmarried. That's what I want to do the poem for. In a couple of years, I think two to three years, I'll start the career. About two to three years. I'm just getting myself really situated right now. But about two, three years, I'll go ahead and make that move in terms of that direction. It's easy to go in your 30s, though, Antonio. You have some people who enter porn later, much later in life. I mean, there's no retirement age for porn. Not most people do it young. Very few do it past the age of 29. I'm one of the few. And I know how to apply to ethical porn sites. That's how I'll get in. And some people go, what about your family, chosen family? I thought about that. Here's my honest answer. If they're uncomfortable, I won't do it. If they're like, hey, you know, we get it. It's cool, and I'll do it. That's how I feel because chosen family is a very delicate subject for me. It's like... And I said it before, and I really thought about it. I was like, well, if they're not, you know, phobic towards anybody. They're not phobic toward people. But I had to think about that. I was like, well, I wouldn't want nothing to come to my chosen family. That doesn't mean that I can't be true to myself. Because in this case, I had that wiggle room. I was like, well, I feel like 
this is something that doesn't have to be a deal breaker between me and them. Because, one, I worked hard to have a chosen family. I worked really, really hard. I went through a lot just to be able to experience them. Now that I have them, why would I work hard to lose them necessarily? Plus, I don't have a super strong desire to do it. I just want to do it here and there. So that's why I have wiggle room for it not to be a deal breaker between me and them. If I wanted to do it full time, that's a different story, but I don't. Um, I respect full time performance. I think that's cool. I just know that for myself. Uh, it wouldn't have to be something that separates us. You know what I'm saying? I would explain why. If they're like, well, you know, I get it, but still, you know, I think in the best interest of our family, we can help people a different way, then I'm cool with that, you know? But, you know, it's just up in the air for right now. Um, eventually they'll know, and, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, as the old, the old saying says. But at the same time, you know, I thought about that, like, how could it affect my relatives? Honestly, when it comes to my relatives, their reaction does not concern me because I'm not close to them. I mean, I care about them. I'm just not that tight with them. So, in my in, in my estimation, of course they would react explosively. So, I already know how they would react, but I'm not close to them, so it wouldn't phase me. I would just go, hey, I don't care what the detractors have to say. Because I know I'm not doing anything immoral. That's what I do. It's kind of like this podcast. People go, oh my God. They would go to, probably go to my relatives, biological relatives, and say, your nephew talks like this, does that. Like, who cares? Your son does this, who cares? <laughs> That's my response. And I thought about that really, really hard. About, you know, who I'm with. And I just figured that I want to make sex an art because I also want to, I look at ethical porn as sexual art therapy. Um, it's not the primary sexual healing formation. I want to make that clear, but I think sexual art therapy is what ethical porn is. And I think that is so exciting for me, you know, and other people. And then um, this is all off the top of my head. I just want y'all to know this whole episode is off the top of my head. I'm trying to do my episodes like this. I'm working on it. <sighs> Go smooth that way when I just talk in the heart. And also for me, I thought long and hard about everything. And uh, honestly, um, I feel that I wanted to break sexual stereotypes, sexual stigmas, sexual prejudices, sexual bigotry, sexual discrimination, sexual one-track-mindedness, sexual... um, closed-mindedness, sexual... 
narrow-mindedness, um, uh, sexual judgmentalism. I wanted to uh, break sexual caricatures, sexual misportrayals of people like myself so people can see us differently. But these thoughts have been in my head this whole time. And uh, I feel like this is just how I feel. You know, I don't think like everybody else. Uh, this is the road that I don't mind traveling. And then at the same time, if my biological relatives were to go, oh my God, I can't deal with you, I would be relieved because they were never truly my family in the first place. They helped, they were the first people to traumatize me. So them being mad at me would make me feel elated because I'm like, great, you toxic people get to not be in my life anymore. I have no complaints. (laughs) And as for my chosen family, I have a totally different attitude. I would go, well, let's talk about it. You know, Antonio, reasons make sense. Okay, we're, we're accepting of it, then I'll do it. If they're like, well, it does make sense, but, you know, that could take away, what's the best way to put it? It makes sense, but, you know, it all makes sense. We understand we're not going to judge you for it. Um, we have these, what's the best way to put this? We, we found um, ways to help other people like ourselves, like yourself, that would be um, that would be more for us. I think that's the best way to put it, best way I could. And so I I know what that means. That means that they're not knocking the industry. They're just saying that, you know, they, you know, we, we already have things we're working on together, like community projects. And they decided, you know, but then, you know, we decided with each other, you know, the community projects are more of what our focus should be on. Something like that, you know, help, you know, being kind to people who are considered less fortunate. Uh, that term is just horrible. Um, you know, the point I want to do, I want to help the sexual less fortunate. Most people don't think of sexual philanthropy comes to porn, but I do. Most people don't think of sexual humanitarianism when it comes to porn, but I do. And most people don't think of sexual um, charitableness when it comes to porn, but I do. Most people don't think of sexual charitableness and sexual humanitarianism and sexual philanthropy, but I do. Um, well, it has been... For me to do these sex episodes, it's so it's so sexually cathartic and just cathartic all around. Um, because 
this is the last, you know, the, okay, I mentioned a little bit of the affairs, a little bit. I think one of the reasons why, you know, there are times where we would talk and I remember that we had this, um, times where we where I truly wanted to not have my sexual business with them known out there but they didn't know and I didn't know how to be sexually private sexually confidential because they weren't taught that when it came to a good person um It was something I learned on the fly in terms of shame. I didn't keep, I I kept quiet for all the shameful reasons, not for all the wholesome reasons. I didn't know how to be wholesomely sexually private. I knew how to be shamefully sexually private. I didn't know how to be wholesomely sexual confidential. I was shamefully sexual confidential. So when it came to the women I was, you know, having affairs with, um, they did. They felt like when I asked them how come they would tell people they know what we were sexually doing, and some of them their families. At first, I was like, I, you know, I just, you know, I just want to have what we have and not be a tattletale about it and they were more like they didn't like the idea of keeping a good man a secret and when it came to sex they were like well you know good men's sex and sexuality should be told that's how they felt they're like but if you're a good man I don't understand you know we're not lawless, so that's why they told people first to express reservations about them doing that, like, can it just be us, please? We, we could be the only people that know and like what we're doing, and that's it. But they were more of, you know, why do I have to hide um, why do I have to hide you? You know, and why do we have to keep our us being harmless under wraps? So, those are some of the sexual and interpersonal intricacies that happens like healthy sex after rape and sex after rape are very um, multifaceted and multi-layered so that's what happened that's why that happened oh and as for um, some people would say you know if you do porn you won't be able to work a regular job again I would say I'm on the autism spectrum I'm already screwed over and fucked over by the world of work. That's nothing new. 
and I'm entrepreneurial, so I don't want a regular world work job because I'm too controversial for it. I'm too independent for it. So it's like, actually, great. I'm glad the world of work will be mean to me and not want to hire me because y'all, y'all, y'all would pay me crumbs. Plus, come on now, all the scandals in the world of work, but you want to get on me for what I do? I, I just don't give a fuck. I really don't. I really don't. I'm like, look, I'm not built to work a regular job for very long anyway. So then being mad at me, I don't really care. I don't care. Because they don't even want to hire people on the autism spectrum. You don't even have a healthy track record of hiring people who are labeled disabled. If the companies have to be told to do all these things. So I'm like, okay. Me doing neurodivergent born is why you don't want to deal with me? Great. I don't want to deal with y'all. Y'all make me unemployed and underemployed, so that's how I feel. I would make if I would just make online money to help me out. I'm like, you know what? I'll just make online money, and that will supplement my income. Plus, some people say, how can you become an independent contractor? Part this is what I will tell people because I want to make the kind of porn where you always get royalties every time that you get clicked on and people view the videos me and everybody else we get paid for all the time I never liked the idea of okay you get paid one time and the company also always gets paid but the performers never get paid for every click and every view I'm like every click and view Everybody gets paid. That means all the performers, all the people with my crew. That's when I'm being an independent contractor. Because I think I have the, what it takes to provide the best ethical porn out here. And some people go, but don't you think you got to go to school and stuff like that? I would just, I would learn from my producer friends. I would learn from my filmmaking friends. I would learn from my director friends. They would give me tips. And I would just go learn from them. And I'd be like, okay. I know how to... If they might give me courses and classes, that's cool. That's just more to add to my resume and cover letter. So, I don't mind doing that. So, I would just learn from other independent contractors. Like, okay, what did you do? How did you film? How did you go about this in your website? And what was featured and not featured? So, I just feel like... I had to be myself. I can't allow human limitations to limit me, nor my greatness. <sighs> trying to see if there's anything sexually that I want to say, because this is the last episode I talk about sex. I'm taking a... I think I'm going to take a two-month break from talking about sex. Okay, I will. So... My two-month break starts right now. After the fact that I mentioned, I'm also 
wanting to showcase ethical porn compassionately to people who have suffered divorces, legal separations, illegal separations, and breakups. Now I want to say that the break of two months from talking about sex starts now and we will resume the sex conversations June 23rd, 2023.